0: Welcome to the Octavius Gould Experience, and I am your host, Octavius Gould. I have 25 years of corporate leadership and entrepreneurship experience. Today, I am excited to bring to you episode two titled, The World of Entrepreneurship. I'll discuss what is an entrepreneur, the cons of entrepreneurship, then the pros of entrepreneurship. So what is an entrepreneur? It's actually a person who takes a risk to create a new business in the face of uncertainty for the purpose of achieving profit and growth. Now, I was surprised that 27 million Americans are starting or running new businesses based on data that I perused in the 2017 Global Entrepreneurship U.S. report. According to the Census Bureau, more than 4.4 million new businesses were created in the United States in 2020. Think about that. It was during a pandemic. That's a 24% increase and the highest total ever. Half a million new businesses were started in January of 2021 alone. Some of you may be surprised by the number of people who possessed an entrepreneurial spirit who acted on that during a pandemic. If so, maybe these companies that were founded during the recession of 2008 and 2009 will ring a bell. Venmo, Slack, Square, Groupon, Uber, WhatsApp, and Instagram, all prestigious organizations where founders bet on themselves during the downturn of the economy in the midst of a recession and followed their passion and created something that became overly successful. Now, there are businesses that were founded during that same period that failed, but these organizations prove that it can be done anytime, anywhere, anyplace. Here's a pop quiz. 86% of U.S. entrepreneurial activity is motivated by one, money, or two, opportunity. Now, if you answered opportunity, you're on point. (laughs) Opportunity over necessity may mean that many people covet freedom Some entrepreneurs pursue something they're passionate about instead of money Whereas others, it's all about the money It's all about getting that bag What's interesting is that there are so many people who have brilliant ideas in this world But many of those people never act on it They see others pursuing their dream But entrepreneurs do And even after this pandemic, I personally believe that entrepreneurship will again become a major force in the global economy because economic growth is dependent upon people with an entrepreneurial spirit who possess the courage to take a risk. Now, don't get it twisted. Most entrepreneurs are not huge risk takers. They're actually calculated risk takers. Some entrepreneurs start their business even part-time while employed. Just make sure that side hustle, as we sometimes call it, isn't a conflict of interest with your employer. Now, other people, they're called castaways. These are lifetime corporate ladder leaders who started a business after getting a severance package instead of that gold watch due to corporate downsizing. You know, we've all had friends, family members who worked for companies for 20, 30 years, and right when they could see the light of retirement, they walked into HR and they were laid off. Thankfully, many of these individuals took an expertise that they acquired while in corporate America and flipped it into a business. Now we're in what's called the Great Resignation Period. This is where employees are resigning for environments that are more conducive to success. And it's interesting because it's creating a dynamic in the job market where a lot of prominent companies can't even find talent. You know, organizations are having to shorten their hours because they can't find talent. They can't hire employees. This is your entry level jobs all the way up to executive level positions. You know, I started my executive recruiting firm in 1997. And when I started my firm, I started with $500, a desktop computer a landline phone in a huge fax machine that some listeners of this podcast may not ever have used in their life. (laughs) And I started my business because I was working in the telecommunications space and my employer, MCI Telecommunications, was acquired by WorldCom. WorldCom's executive team was acquiring companies all across America. They were considered the darlings of Wall Street. And when they acquired MCI, we really couldn't understand it because we were thinking, how is it that this small company out of Mississippi is acquiring the number two telecommunications company in America? Well, later we found out that their executive team, that being the executive team of WorldCom, was cooking their books. So once they acquired MCI and some other companies, their CEO, the CFO, and other executives were sent to prison. This was about the time when the U.S. government was investigating large Fortune 1000 companies for financial fraud. Enron, Quest and other organizations had their executives and even Adelphia sent to prison for cooking the books. That led me into the entrepreneurial endeavor that I started in 1997. And my company was profitable right away. But like anything else, we went through the ebbs and flows of success and failure. So it's important when you think about whether or not you want to pursue an entrepreneurial endeavor, you must be prepared to understand that there will be great times, but there will be tough times, and you must weather those storms. You know, it's not all about financial freedom because in a lot of cases, it's going to take you a while to taste success monetarily. Your business may grow, but you may not have significant cash flow, especially if you're putting money back into your business to grow it. So you got to find other reasons why you are passionate about being an entrepreneur and growing that business and scaling. So for me, you know, I pretty much wanted to be an entrepreneur all of my life. And once I had an opportunity, you know, I took advantage of it. And it was incredible to be able to impact people's lives. So for example, my recruiting firm, there were times when we would find positions for people who were living paycheck to paycheck or individuals who were stuck in a job that they didn't really enjoy. And in many cases, a job that they hated or working for a boss that they hated. Cause as you know, many people leave their companies because of the boss and not necessarily because of the company. And I can remember an occasion where, there was a gentleman, I think he was making a base salary of about $40,000 annually. And I was able to secure a position with one of my clients for $30,000 more in base salary than he was presently making. He put his spouse on the phone and his wife was so grateful for the effort that I put forth in finding him that opportunity that she cried, she thanked me over and over and over again. He was qualified for the role that I was trying to persuade my client to put him into. The problem is, like many people within corporate America, sometimes you work for companies and annually, they just just give you a small percentage of a merit increase. And he was in that situation, he had been with a company for about 15 years and he would get a 1% raise. So they were basically still paying him entry-level money when he had outperformed his salary. But he wasn't a job hopper. He wasn't one of those individuals who felt compelled to pursue opportunities because he had a family. He was always concerned with that stability. You know, thinking about that, and there are so many other stories of people that I was able to put in positions with my clients, and it changed their lives. And for me, that was truly gratifying. But then... When I pivoted by offering business coaching and leadership development in my business, I was able to fulfill my purpose of helping people grow their business or enhance their business acumen and their ability, ability to lead their employees, which made their employees more productive and their company more profitable. So while I was being successful in making money for my business, I was helping my clients make money as well. That's a win-win. So, you know, for me, I've always been fascinated by how people view entrepreneurship. I was the first entrepreneur in my family. So I think when I told my siblings I was starting a business, they were looking at me side-eyed. Fortunately for me, my siblings have always been supportive of everything that I've ever done, whether it was in sports. Back in the day when I became an entrepreneur, they always supported me and gave me encouragement. And that's not necessarily the case with other people. I speak to so many entrepreneurs or people who are aspiring to be an entrepreneur and they complain about the lack of support from family. And it's interesting, in this social media age, I see people posting all the time that they get more love and support from people they don't know than from people they do know. Thankfully, I have an incredible family. My five siblings, again, as I stated, have always supported everything that I've ever done. And even when I kicked off this podcast, they were right there in my corner, cheering me on, giving me encouragement, giving me support. And that's why I love them so much. So I'm hopeful that if you're out here listening to this podcast and you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or you're currently an entrepreneur, that you have the level of support that I have for my siblings, my um, children, my nephews and nieces, and even my close friends. And if you don't, what you need to do is make sure that you find something that motivates and inspires you every day to get up and to keep moving forward because you're going to get knocked down as an entrepreneur. And if you don't have anyone in your corner picking you up or at least cheering you to get up, that hype person, you need to be your own hype person. Let me talk about Generation X. And I think those are people who were born... In 1965 to 1981 and Generation Y, people that I know were born in 1982 to 1995, they didn't view jumping into entrepreneurship as a risky career path prior to COVID. And I'm curious to see if that viewpoint changes as we go into 2022. Having seen companies lay off their parents, many young adults have always seen entrepreneurship as an ideal way to create their own job security and success. That's never changing. You know, if you talk to someone in their 20s, you know, someone in their 30s, they don't want to work for corporate America, you know, and they're just doing it out of necessity in in many cases. You know, you've got so many people that are young and adventurous and calculated risk takers that are making things happen. I was looking at a story on social media Just, I think, three days ago, there was a 15-year-old gentleman who is a millionaire. I think he has a clothing line. And there are so many stories of people, you know, in their teens, in their 20s, in their 30s who took a calculated risk and bet on themselves. And they are extremely successful. But then again, as we all know, there are a lot of people from 20 to 50 to 60 to 70 or what have you that took that risk and failed. And that's why as I continue to introduce different episodes of my podcast, whether it be on leadership or entrepreneurship, I'm going to talk about the good and the bad. I'm going to hopefully give valuable lessons that will allow you all to leverage my expertise, but also leverage some of the mistakes that I've made, some of the mistakes that my clients have made, and mistakes that I've read about people making to set you on a different path to success. There are several different types of entrepreneurs. We have the skeptical entrepreneur. (laughs) And this is a person who sees success of others and immediately starts to question it. You know, they see people on social media. They see people with the bling, with the luxury cars, talking about how much money they've made you know, the millions they've made. And in many cases, these people are fronting. Now, in some cases, they may have earned that money that they're putting out there on social media. But what I find interesting is the number of people who, you know, they'll stand by a Lamborghini and talk about how much money they've made and how successful they are, but they never give any hints or drop any gems on how they did it. Then you have the research entrepreneur, This person loves to learn. (laughs) You know, I find myself flipped between these different entrepreneurial tags that you'll hear. And sometimes I am that research entrepreneur. This person, including myself at times, would research every possible scenario and outcome, you know, for strategies to start and grow a business. You know, there's nothing wrong with learning. Hear me again. There's nothing wrong with learning. But there comes a time when an entrepreneur must start executing. And that's one of the biggest problems with people who pursue their entrepreneurial dreams. They do so much research. They do so much planning and strategizing that they never act. They never move forward. They never gain any momentum by executing. There'll be a podcast on that or an episode on that in the near future. Then you have the copycat entrepreneur. (laughs) Now, yes, even myself, when I started my business, I was perusing other people's websites, trying to get a fill. But I still put forth my own ideas and try to be innovative and creative to come up with my value proposition, my marketing content. But there are people, they will see the success of others and try to copy it to a T. Their website is the same Their business cards are the same. The way they present their business and value proposition is exactly like the leader in their industry. Don't be a copycat entrepreneur. You know, do your research, evaluate your competition, but be yourself, be authentic. Then we have what we call the builder. This person takes credible ideas and products and builds a company around it. They have the ability to grow a business and is oftentimes a very great sound salesperson. Let's talk about that creator person. This is a person who's full of enthusiasm. They're enthusiastic about a specific product or idea. They have, you know, a brilliant creative mind and they're constantly spinning with new ideas. You know, I I love to surround myself with those type of people because they're normally smarter than me. And it's always great to be in a room where you're not the smartest person in the room, right? You know, these people often have ideas of several different types of companies that they want to start. Unfortunately, they may not easily focus on one project at a time, and they get bored. Although that type of entrepreneur is good, there are some negatives about being that creator in some cases. Those are the type of people who, probably should hire someone to become CEO of their business after it scales or they're serial entrepreneurs. So they move on, start new businesses, which is perfectly fine. I love those type of people as well. Then you have the operator. They get the company organized. They put in processes and procedures. These people are really great. They often are deal. I'm sorry, detail oriented and able to find improvements that they make within the organization He or she keeps things focused and on track for long-term growth. So it's awesome. And again, there's nothing wrong with some of the other ones that I talked about. You know, I think an entrepreneur, because you wear so many different hats, you almost have to be a little bit of all. Then we have the determined entrepreneur. This person hasn't made it yet, but they will. They'll make it no matter what because they see value in entrepreneurship and they'll do everything they can to start grow and scale their business they grind they hustle they make it happen you know some people watch it happen while some people make it happen and that determination is something that every entrepreneur must have and must tap into frequently and then lastly we have the accomplished entrepreneur now this person has gone through all the stages of entrepreneurship and building a business and they've reached a level of success. They're now focused on scaling their business and leaving a legacy. That's why I'm doing this podcast. That's why I try to be so successful because I am trying to leave a legacy for my two wonderful daughters. And if you have something like that driving you, if that's your purpose, I don't care if you're an entrepreneur, you're in corporate America, you're going to be successful. And because I'm talking about entrepreneurship, doesn't necessarily mean that entrepreneurship is the way to go because I talk about leadership as well. I'll have a podcast episode where I'll talk about the difference between being in a corporate position or just working a normal nine to five and the level of success that you can achieve. Then, as I'm doing today, talking about entrepreneurship. You got to find out what's best for you because on social media, there's a lot of talk about it's cool, and sexy to be an entrepreneur. And then after 2020, there's more talk about having the stability of having a paycheck, having insurance that's employer paid. So we'll talk about that in later episodes, but I'll have some interesting guests come in as well and talk about the differences between being successful in corporate America versus being successful as an entrepreneur. And I think it's great to hear different perspectives. So here are a few signs that you may be entrepreneurial. One, you covet responsibility. Two, you desire independence. Now, yes, there are people in corporate America who desire and covet responsibility, and they also want to be independent. But in those situations, you have someone else controlling how far you can go, how much responsibility you can get, how independent you can be. Then you also have people who possess the confidence in their ability. And people who are overly confident are great entrepreneurs. You know, don't worry about people thinking you're cocky or that ego thing. You know, keep that in check. You know, have a balanced ego. But as an entrepreneur, you must be confident. And you must be confident not only in your company, your product, your services, but you must also be confident in yourself, in your ability and what you bring to the table. For example, if you're an entrepreneur and someone asks you, "What do you bring to the table?" you tell them you bring the table. You have a high energy level because as, a, as an entrepreneur, you're going to work some serious hours, and you better keep that energy level up, you know, whether you do it through working out, physical fitness, coffee. Whatever you can tap into, but you, you need to have a high energy level. And if you already have that, then you're already halfway there. You're organized. Great entrepreneurs must be organized, and normally they are. Even when they're wearing multiple hats, there's still a level of organization that they can tap into. Then you also prefer moderate risk. And then lastly, you value achievement over money. And I'll say that again you value achievement over money. All entrepreneurs love money. I don't care if you work at McDonald's or for Coca-Cola, you know, most people love money, but do you prioritize money over achievement, recognition, and things of that nature, or building something that is not only for you, but will create jobs for others. So we'll get into that at another time as far as the money and the financial rewards and gains that you can get from being an entrepreneur. But most successful entrepreneurs that I have encountered, they value achievement over money. Now, here are a few characteristics that powered my entrepreneurial engine, my commitment to excellence. I always wanted to be the best. As an entrepreneur, what you must understand is that you are the business. You are the brand and your character, your integrity, under promising and over delivering and making sure that your client customer experience is incredible is extremely important to your success. All entrepreneurs should have a commitment to excellence. Then I had the ability to handle uncertainty. I went through 9/11 and didn't know where The next paycheck was coming from. I went through the downturn of the economy in 2008 and 2009 at a time when entrepreneurs were founding organizations like Uber and Instagram. I wasn't aware of it then, but I was able to maintain a positive mindset during times of uncertainty because I also knew that even around the time of 9 11, which was 2001 there were a lot of businesses then that were started that year because some people take advantage of the opportunity. Also being strategic and tactical, you know, creating methodologies was something that really drove me and then my business acumen and that I've worked on. I've been working on developing and enhancing my business acumen since I was a inside sales rep at MCI in the nineties. And I continue today to work on my core competencies, to enhance my business acumen, whether it be through reading books, blogs, talking to other professionals and tapping into their knowledge. And then lastly, it was my unmatched ambition and positive mindset. Because there are people who are smarter than me, but there aren't too many people who are more ambitious and more positive. And if you put ambition with positivity, that's a very powerful combination. And even though I'm not smarter than most people or everyone, I surround myself with smart people. So let's pivot to the cons of entrepreneurship. You have income uncertainty, you have being required to pay your own health care, which is scary to some people. Although, as an entrepreneur, you can purchase your own health care, but that's extremely expensive. Then you have those very long work hours. Now, we're not talking about a 10-hour workday. We're not talking about a 12-hour workday, a 13-hour workday. When you start a business, many times you're going to be working 16, 17 hours. I can remember when the internet started becoming popular and I tried to create my own website because I'm that type of person that I want to do it all on on my own because I can cut costs and keep my overhead low. So I taught myself how to build a website. Now, when I built the first one, because I think I actually built four to five different websites for my businesses, I built one for my business, then I built one for my personal brand. But when I did my first one, it must have taken me months, four or five months. And I'm talking four or five months. And I was actually on that desktop for 15, 16, 17 hours. And what's funny is, I was living in Atlanta and I went to visit family in New Jersey and I had to take this big desktop with me to New Jersey because I was working on my website and I wasn't going to let a day, a week go by where I did not work on that website because it was extremely important. I was in a rhythm, even though it was taking me forever. So yeah, I had to carry this big desktop to New Jersey, visiting family and also working on my my uh, website. So as an entrepreneur, You're going to have to deal with long hours and embrace it. And hopefully as your business start to grow and prosper, you can shorten your workload. But they're still going to be long, even when you're successful, even when you scale your business. At that time, you need to delegate and trust other people to operate and help you run your business. But again, that's another episode. Then you got to deal with the terrible quality of life until your business flourishes. Be careful looking at social media and seeing all these people who are stunned. Now, yeah, I told you my business was profitable in month one, but it wasn't profitable on the level where I could just go out and buy all these luxury items. You need to make sure that you understand that your quality of life will be severely impacted in a negative fashion, until your business flourishes. And I'm not talking about you get your first client. I'm not talking about you get your second client, your third client, your first check, your second check. Things out of your control can change your professional life, your entrepreneurial life, like the drop of the dime, like 9-11 did me. You know, I mentioned in a previous podcast, I was young. I was spending money, As the money was coming in, I was spending it. The quicker the money came in, the quicker I would spend it. And then 9-11 hit. And I wasn't prepared as an entrepreneur to deal with that downturn of the economy that shut everything down. Every single client that I was doing business with shut down. And at that particular time, I had maybe 10, 12 clients. And these were all Fortune 1000 companies. Then you also have a very high level of stress. As an entrepreneur, when you start your business, your stress level is going to be sky high. But even as an entrepreneur, when you're rolling and you've achieved a level of success, your stress level is still going to be high. So you need to find an outlet, a release. For me, it's working out, it's fitness. Getting in that gym 6 a.m. every day, six days a week, working out and releasing that stress. So you have to find, as an entrepreneur, if you're going to be successful, a way to cope and manage with stress, but a way to release it as well. Then another con is you're not the boss. Think about that. A lot of people post on social media that they're the boss, but as an entrepreneur, you're not the boss. Your bosses are your clients and your customer. Because if you have a high profile client and that client wants you to jump, you got you to go LeBron. You got to go MJ. There there comes a time when you grow your business, you scale, and you're extremely successful, but you're on an entirely different level from an entrepreneur. You're now an emerging small business or a Fortune 5000 company. You may get into position then when you're the boss, but there aren't too many entrepreneurs that are boss. Your clients are your boss. Let's get that one straight today. Your clients dictate how you move until you accumulate so many clients that you can determine how you move. I hope everyone is really benefiting from some of the information that I'm providing you and will be business related. It's not personal. It's all business. It's going to be about entrepreneurship and leadership. Do me a favor, like and subscribe and tell your friends about this podcast whether it's someone in a leadership capacity or someone who's an aspiring or a current entrepreneur, I'm hopefully going to give you a roadmap to success. I'm going to talk about my success. I'm also going to talk about my failure and the failure and the success of others that will allow you or allow me to paint a picture for you that will give you insight of how you need to move, how you need to position yourself, whether as a leader or or an entrepreneur. Back to some stats for you. You know, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, approximately 20% of small businesses fell within year one. By the end of year two, 30% of businesses fell. And at the end of the decade, only 30% of those businesses will remain. That's a scary 70% failure rate. And then you have what I call major outlier events that can significantly change the failure rate for businesses for the better or for the worse. For example, the COVID pandemic, you know, that COVID pandemic has created a harsh economic condition for many industries. Thankfully, the government and PPP programs and disaster loans has significantly impacted small businesses over the past year. And a lot of large corporations were able to take advantage of PPP loans and other loans as well. So therefore the failure rates are going to be exceptionally high once they start calculating the numbers for 2020 and 2021, you know, during my research for this podcast, I learned that pre COVID studies showed that women have a greater fear of failure than men. Now that could be, cause I'm a girl dad, so I can say these things because we're always messing up as men. <laughs> However, in 2017, while the rates of profitability decline for both men and women, they decline greater for men—21% for men and 9% for women. There are a lot of women getting into entrepreneurship these days, and I think the rate may be even higher at this point, which is positive for me because I, I am a girl dad. I have two daughters—one 11 and one 18, who's a freshman in college—and you know, maybe one day they'll aspire to be entrepreneurs, although I doubt it. Because <laughs> I think they've seen me on that laptop 15, 16 hours at a time, and they want no part of that. <laughs> they're aspiring to be much greater than me, in which they're definitely smart enough to be. So let's talk about the pros of entrepreneurship. And again, I will have future episodes where I'll dig into the negative impacts of entrepreneurship and why people fail and give you all some insight and some tips and gems on how to avoid failure, how to not make the same mistakes that many entrepreneurs have made for decades. And then I'll also talk about the pros of entrepreneurs. We're going to peel back the onion and we're going to talk about everything that you can possibly encounter as an entrepreneur to fail. And then all the things that you can do right to not only, experience success, but achieve sustainable success. So this is just podcast number two, episode number two. We're going to really give you some serious insight into, again, leadership and entrepreneurship in future episodes. So back to the pros of entrepreneurship. I'll start with one of my favorite quotes by Farrah Gray. It goes, build your own dreams before someone hires you to build theirs. Let me hit you with that again. Build your own dreams before someone hires you to build theirs. Here are some of the reasons why entrepreneurship is so powerful. Why people love to become entrepreneurs. Because you can make a difference in your community. You can do something that you're passionate about. There is the potential of financial freedom. And then you also control your own schedule as well as control your own destiny. And then there's also the pride and ability to live your purpose. One of the keys is to comprehend why businesses fail since that will help prepare you for success. Also through my research, I came across a few profitable small businesses. So I wanted to drop some of those for you all to give you some ideas if you're thinking about starting an entrepreneurial endeavor. And there's not necessarily a skill set or, an acquired skill that you've learned in business or in corporate America over the years. So here are some businesses that are really profitable and many businesses that even pre-COVID people were operating from home. One, personal wellness. Two, facilitating courses in hobbies. This could be a hobby that you're great at or a hobby that you bring in others to partner with. And that's an interesting thing too, partnerships. Because too many entrepreneurs don't take advantage of partnerships. And I don't mean partners by bringing someone in and they get a percentage of your company. Partnerships, strategic partnerships where you partner with like organizations and create synergies and leverage both of your services or products to go to the marketplace with a competitive advantage. Again, we'll talk about that in a later episode. So back to the successful endeavors. Bookkeeping and accounting is really great. And then you have consulting. Now, consulting means so many different things. If you look at consulting, there are probably tons of subsets under consulting. You have consulting B2B, consulting B2C, coaches fall under consulting, life coaches, business coaches, fitness coaches. So consulting is huge. If you're thinking about being or becoming an entrepreneur, just research consulting and and look at and research the different type of consulting businesses you can start. If you're already in corporate America or in the business world, the easiest thing is to consult on something that you're a subject matter expert in. Think about all the things you do well. And you'll be amazed if you write down on a piece of paper all of the skills that you've acquired over the years, the things that your boss is bugging you about every day, every week. That's something that other businesses need. That's something that you can potentially flip to a business of your own. Graphic design, social media management. Now, whether you're on IG, Instagram, Twitter, or these other platforms, TikTok, there are people making significant money with social media management. Now, we could all get the spam, all these people telling you they can turn your followers from 100 to a million. Be careful. But if you're someone who has expertise in social media, you can actually turn that and flip it into a business. Virtual assistant came up, which is nice because you basically have no overhead. Like a lot of these businesses that are profitable, there's little to no overhead. Marketing copywriter. A lot of people are generating income by being marketing copywriters. So Google, small businesses that are profitable, Google home-based businesses because you'll get an entirely different list once you put in home-based businesses. And these are businesses that you can start at home, you know, in your garage, in your bedroom, in your living room, in your kitchen with little to no overhead, no upfront investment and be extremely successful. You know, there is something that you need to consider as an entrepreneur. And again, you always hear me talk about what I'll do in future episodes. And that's why you need to like and subscribe because we're not even scratching the surface right now of the information that I'm going to provide you regarding leadership and entrepreneurship and not just myself, because this is topic based today. When I start bringing in guests and I conduct interviews or Q and a sessions, you're going to hear from people who have tremendous expertise and experience in different areas of business, whether it be a woman entrepreneur or someone who decided to become an entrepreneur at age 60, or someone who failed and then achieved success, you're going to get to hear from an array of different people about leadership and entrepreneurship. So make sure you like and subscribe so that you can be alerted of future episodes, okay? So decades ago, economic conditions favored Fortune 1000 corporations. And in 2022, in my opinion, we should see a stronger economy, which will give a competitive advantage to small businesses that are more agile and creative, businesses that are able to exploit market opportunities using modern technologies. And I think the entrepreneur will be set up for tremendous success in 2022. You know, I think the balance will tip in favor of the small entrepreneurial companies. So you may have a company that you have more than one person, so now you're an emerging small business. But to maintain a level of success, never lose sight of that entrepreneurial spirit in your company. You know, maintain that entrepreneurial spirit, that innovative and creative approach to, to business, and you will give yourself a greater opportunity to sustain that success. Because you see, while all of these large corporations are bogged down doing what they've always done, along with having lagging processes and layers and layers of management and meeting after meeting after meeting, entrepreneurs will resort back to changing the world. Let me leave you with my five P's to entrepreneurial success. You have passion. You must have intense enthusiasm to be a successful entrepreneur. Then there's persistent. You got to seek that yes after getting those no's. But you have to be or have professional persistence. And DM me if you want more insight into what I mean by that. Then there's perseverance. As an entrepreneur, you have to keep going despite the difficulties. When you get knocked down, you gotta get back up. When you fall, you gotta fall forward. You can't give up because every entrepreneur that's successful today has tasted a level of failure. For me, Failure was always the foundation for my success because I didn't lose. When I failed, I learned. I took the lessons out of it, purposeful. And what I mean by that is you have to work with a goal in mind and then persuasive. You must become great at convincing others because a lot of entrepreneurs, you have a great idea. A lot of entrepreneurs, they have an expertise or an acquired skill set, but they may not have been in a sales capacity. So now they have this great product, this great service. They're an entrepreneur. They run the business. They're CEO. You got to put on that sales hat and persuade people to buy your product or service or persuade investors to fund your passion, your business. So that last one, being persuasive, is huge. So in closing, keep these things in mind. Most successful entrepreneurs didn't start a sexy business they founded a profitable business. You don't necessarily need to create a startup with a product or service that's never existed. Most successful entrepreneurs filled a gap. They simply improved product or service that already existed. Entrepreneurs creating startups, that's what drives the economy, innovation, and creates jobs. So if you have people telling you entrepreneurship is bad, there's too much of a risk, pull some stats, send them to Google and have them research who the true job creators are. They're entrepreneurs, they're small businesses, not just in America, but in other countries as well. So my friends, if you are embarking on an entrepreneurial endeavor, it is going to be one of the most fearful, but one of the most exhilarating journeys you can ever take. So please hit like, subscribe, so that I can provide you with a roadmap to success. Thank you so much. I'll see you on the next episode carpe diem.